Morning, everybody. <laughs> no, I was just enjoying their conversation. <sighs> I hope someday to get here on time. That's my goal. So I just figure if I keep moving further and further away from church, then I can just stay later and later after each service, and I can leave my house later and later. You know, I moved ten minutes further away and I thought, why would I leave my house ten minutes earlier to get here? Because I was on time before all the time. <coughs> yeah. yeah, what are you going to do? <coughs> but, you know, here we are. Beautiful Sunday morning. It was kind of a icky week. It couldn't make up its mind if it wanted to be rainy, wet, hot, miserable, or what, so... I don't know, I went outside yesterday and the heat didn't hit me in the face and I thought, wow, this is so nice, I could get used to this. <laughs> well, Jesus, we just praise you for this day and for this gathering of your people. And we just we pray that you would uh, give us hearts to receive and ears to hear what you have to say. <coughs> Excuse me. And God, we just pray that your perfect will be done in this place. God, that you'd speak... Uh, exactly what it is that you want to say, and that you do exactly what you want to do in this place, God, and that uh, we would have that sense of expectation of receiving something from you, about examining ourselves by your word, Lord, and uh, taking it uh, and making application in our lives. God, we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The other day... uh, we got a call for a, an estimate. I'm going to be doing those now, uh, and uh, and it was for a deck stain, and I hate staining decks. And uh, so I, my shoulders kind of slumped a bit, and then I realized, wait, I don't have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Mike and Jeremy are for. So. <laughs> so the shoe is on the other foot now. No, actually, it, it should be quite interesting switching seats with Mike. You know, you ever try and do, you know, you watch somebody that's really good at something and then you try and do it? That's going to be interesting. So, I have confidence in the Lord getting that stuff done, but uh, it's going to be interesting because I'm not quite as smooth as Mike is when it comes to business transactions. I just, I watch him in awe. I'm like, man, he's so good at this, and now it's going to be me. But, Anyway, go with me to the book of James. Already you're all thinking, oh no. Because you've been here for the last month. Like, if he's going to James, this is probably not going to be comfortable. Yes, thank you. No. Uh, no. Um, you know, the great thing is, is, is when... Uh, when God has something to say, um, it's a good thing. Never a bad thing. Uh, you know, God uh, gave us some dreams and uh, about things going on with our business and with my, uh, my wrist being all messed up and stuff. And so God has just kind of put me in this Sabbath kind of place. You know, so lock me in a in a cabin with Amber and give us a job to do and just watch us stew because we can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, um, it's an interesting thing though because now it's like, okay, so you're used to doing all this work and now you can't. 
and uh, so that's really interesting. And so Gov was talking to us about you know things changing and and uh, um, and it and it seems like it's going to be a challenging thing. And, and he talked to us about that. that. You know, this isn't going to be the easiest thing in the world, but. Uh, Mike and I had to both come to this conclusion that this is a good thing that, that God's doing. You know, any any change that God would make in our life is a good thing. He's not gonna, he doesn't have anything bad for us. So, <clears throat> and so, I mean, that's that's what God does. That's what any good parent does. Um, you know, when you have to deal with your kids about something, you know, it's not a matter of, uh, you know. I hate you and you're bad. It's hey, this thing needs to be changed, and we're we're talking about this for your benefit. So, uh, in James chapter three, I think that'll be a good place to start. This is an easy place to slide backwards, further, further, and further down. Um, I want to start in I think thirteen. Who's a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. So so he talks about the sense of meekness um, showing wisdom. That that uh you know, because James talks about uh you know, the the proof of, of your faith, the proof of the matter in your life, because your your works are not not what earns you favor, but but your your works are a a proof that God is doing something inside you. The 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 things that people can see are a reflection of the things that they can't see. And uh, and the thing I like about meekness is it's it's a it's a lot like humility, which is what I was thinking about a lot this week. Uh, you know, particularly in my particular situation, I was thinking about. I I don't know that I would say I'm a particularly proud person, but I'm independent, and I like to just, you know, think this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it, and I want to make it happen. And if I encounter trouble, I'll just put my head down and push through it. And uh, and so coming, you know, God puts me in this place where okay. Now you can't just put your head down and push through it. Now what are you going to do? And, and it definitely engenders the sense of humility of, uh, well, <laughs> I'm going to have to rely on you then, uh, which is, of course, a good thing. So he says, if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. For this wisdom descends not from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and devilish. For envying and strife is there's confusion in every evil work. You know, we were talking about the this spirit of Edom last week, and the sense of jealousy and, and and anger that comes with, well, he didn't pick me, or well, what about me? And um, that's an interesting thing that God does in uh, the sense of of envying and, and strife, because He goes on and He says. That where envying and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. And uh, uh, envying and strife is, of course, precisely the opposite of what we should have in the church. And and so, uh, you know, when you have when you have a team, 
You know, the old famous saying, there's no I in team. And, uh, and if you have a team and everybody wants to be uh, the quarterback on the football team, your team is not going to be any good if you have 11 quarterbacks on the field and nobody else. And, and so God knows how to put that stuff together in a way that uh, you, you have to, to work together as a team to get things done. And uh, so, but when you have envying, then I, I like how he says envying and strife because to me they just kind of run right one right into the other. Because when you if you feel envious against somebody, it's really easy to then come into that place of, of strife with them. It's like, well, you know, like I know I well, I don't like this guy because such and the other thing, or finding fault with you know with somebody because you, know, you you envy them. It makes you feel better if you can find something wrong with them. But the wisdom that is above from above is first pure and then peaceable gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So I like that. The wisdom from above is, is pure and peaceable and easy to be entreated. You know, uh, you know the Bible talks about uh, not rebuking an elder, but entreating them as a father. You know, entreating is a different kind of thing. And, and God is very entreating the way He deals with issues because He uh, <clears throat> He doesn't He doesn't come out with a this is the way it's going to be and you're going to do it. He's like, hey, let's talk about this thing, you know, because uh, um, if you if you have this wisdom that's from above, from Him, then then you can be entreated easily and you can hear the things that He has to say. And and I can tell you that's certainly the easiest way to get down the road in life is to hear what he has to say and and turn that direction. The great thing is, though, is if you don't, <laughs> then God knows how to say it again. And then he can say it again. And he can say it in a way that, that perhaps you missed it the first time or... You, you didn't quite catch the the gravity of what it was that he was saying. I, I um, you know, my uh, my parents are not the listening type, and uh, I suppose that's where I get it because I try and listen to people, and I'm like nodding along, and I'm trying not to think about anything else. But uh, I was talking to him yesterday uh, about serious things, and you could tell that the gravity of it was just completely lost on them and uh, it's like okay or uh, the other day at work Mike and I were talking about something serious you know like about you know the the things that are going on in our country and stuff and uh, Jeremy kind of waited for this pause and breath and he's like you guys want to see a picture of my dog <laughs> like, um I've seen a picture of your dog and you know I think you're missing the point of what we're talking about. You know, this is this is a serious thing I'm saying. So you can miss that gravity of of what God says, and God knows how to train you to uh, begin to ascribe that gravity to what He says the next time around. 
Because, you know, he can bring you to a place where the next time he, he just entreats you gently about something for the first time, you understand the, the weight behind it. That uh, it's like, wow, this, you know, I could listen now or I can kind of float along and wait till he brings us up again and it's going to be harder to listen to him next time. It's going to be a more unpleasant thing to hear next time. And uh, it's funny how God does that because uh, um, sometimes it gets harder and harder to hear what he's saying. Or he sends you maybe somebody who it would be harder to hear from than it was the first time around. And, uh, you know, I, I've had people... Uh, um, you know, rebuke me for uh, saying really stupid things, and and I just kind of just let it go by. I was like, eh, whatever. You know, it's like <laughs> talk to me like that. It's like you can shut up too. I'm, you're next. You know, pick on you too. You know, and uh, and of course, God surrounded me with these people who just kind of blink and pretend I didn't say it and kept going. And uh, and then, you know, God would take somebody who I really didn't want to hear it from and be like, hey, you know, by the way, you know, you really shouldn't be talking like that. Hmm. Yeah. You know. And the thing is, is that... Uh, um, Yeah, I shouldn't be talking like that. <laughs> um, you know, um, <clears throat> but, you know, the thing is, is this, you know, uh, you have to be able to look past the the vessel. You have to be able to look past the messenger and listen to the voice. You know, Martin Luther was getting ready to, talked somewhere once and he said, you know, God once spoke through the mouth of an ass and he may be getting ready to do it again. <laughs> well, and which I've always enjoyed that line. But um, but see, but that's the point, isn't it? It's like, do, do you recognize the voice? Do you, do you hear the voice for what it is? Because if somebody brings you something from the Word of God and you have that sense of, well, that cut me because that was right. You know, you can then get frustrated that somebody brought that to you and be like, "Well, but you know, you're all whatever," and <laughs> you know, or or you can say, "Well, no, it doesn't matter who it was that brought it to me. This is the word of God." And so, really, when you boil it down, this is God talking to me about this. This is, you know, forget the person. You know, maybe they didn't say it exactly how you would have liked, or maybe they even didn't say it quite right. But if you recognize that this is the Word of God, then I have no right to uh, reject it or cherry-pick it. Or, you know, it's like, well, I, I take this, but I don't take this because I don't like so, and so talking to me like that. You know, it's an interesting thing that, because God does that, where he, he, he just he brings that thing around and he brings it around until, you know, he, he knows how to bring you into this place where you're going to have to do something with what he's saying. You know, because he he'll, you know, he he lets things go for a while sometimes, and and he and he talks to you about them, and you know, because he expect his expectation is that you'll look in the mirror, that you'll look in the labor, 
and because he'll keep talking to you about it, not just at church on Sunday, but Tuesday morning when you get up and you open your Bible, and it's like, oh, there's that thing again. And he keeps talking to me about this thing, and I can't get away from it. You know, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Mike Warnke, but he's this this like Christian speaker, comedian guy, and he is hilarious. And uh, my aunt had passed some tapes along to me years and years ago, and he talked about how he was like a like satanic priest or whatever in college, and these Christian guys decided they were going to take this guy on and started talking to him about the gospel and started following this guy around. He's like, I was hiding from these guys. He's like, he's like, there was this guy that, I mean, he just, every time he would see me, he'd say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And he's like, and I just, I wasn't sure what to do with this guy. And I just, I avoided him all day and he kept finding, he just kept finding me. Like, I was literally hiding in the bushes. And the bushes part. And here comes this guy's face, and he says, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And he's like, what do you do with this guy? So I wasn't sure what to do with it. And I don't remember the whole story. It's been years. But you fast forward a little bit. He goes into the military after, after college or whatever. And they're like, so, you know, they put me in the barracks with Peter and Paul. He's like, I come in and the guy that showed me where I was going is like, hey, you know, this is your new roommate, Mike, and and everything. And one and the guy just looks up and he's like, oh well, praise God. And the other guy's like, yeah, man, glory to Jesus. So he he could not get away from what God was doing in his life, and of course, you know, God got a hold of him and put his arm up behind his back until he said, uncle. You know, so so God's very wise in the way He does those things, and, and I can tell you that He appreciates that God did that to Him. <laughs> Excuse me. So, so He says that this wisdom that's from above is pure and peaceable, and gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality. Doesn't matter who it is, and without hypocrisy. You know, because you can, you could. Uh, Somebody could say something to you and you could smile at them or you could be baring your teeth and still look like you're smiling. You know, it's like, you know, my heart is, you know, it's like your face is smiling. What about your heart? You know, because it's, um, you know, it's, it's a, definitely not a good place to be, this sense of hypocrisy of, well, you know, it's like, oh, I say I love everybody at church, but it's that brother so-and-so because, I mean, you watch out for that guy. And he says, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not from hence, even from the lusts that war in your members? So the, the these these desires that you have. Um, you know, and it could be for anything. Uh, it, what it boils down to essentially is this idea of, this is what I want. And and, and I want it. And he says that, uh, that this is the the source of of fighting. Of, the, of brawlings is what the margin says. The sense of strife and envying in the church comes from this desire to have what you want. Like, well, I want this my way, you know. And and that's how we we come into this place of making God after our own image. It's like, well, I I want this. So I think God likes this, you know. And when you say it like that, everybody in this place recognizes how preposterous that is. It's it. 
can be a different matter in your head. Sometimes it's not always that clear. And, but we have the Word of God to uh, bring that clarity because, uh, because it's that sword that can cut between the soul and spirit. It can, it can teach you. It's like, well, okay, so I have this thing then that, I, that I like. What does the Word of God say about it? And, and if the Word of God says bad, then I can either keep my thing and and just hope that I can skirt under the radar with it, or I can I can uh, recognize that I can't hide anything from Him. You're not going to smuggle anything in under the radar. You know, God knows, and and He sees your heart. And he sees what you're thinking. But he says that, uh, so where did these, the fighting come from? He says, they come from hence, from the lust that war in your members. You lust and you have not. You kill, you desire to have, you know, and you cannot obtain. You fight in war and you have not because you ask not. If, well, you know, I, I could just, you know, tear the guy down because, uh, you know, I could kill him. I could kill him in my heart because I'm, I'm not happy. I'm jealous. I'm upset. I could do this and, and all this stuff, and, and nobody sees. So he says you, you do all this struggling and all this strife, and he says that you have not because you ask not. You know you, um, you know you don't have to fight God to get something from Him. You ask Him, and and it's just that simple. And uh, there are times that. You ask God for something, and He says, "Eh, no." There's times that He says, "Not now." You know, I mean, you know, when you have kids, they under they they kind of pick up your parent code. You know, we'll see is a way to defer the decision till later, or in my case, usually a way to defer it to mom. But, um. I don't know. That, that's the great thing, you know. It's like, hey, Dad, can I do that? I don't go ask Mom. But, uh, um, you know, when I was a kid, I figured out, it's like, okay, this is what I want to do. So I'd probably, if I, tell, if I ask Mom, she's going to say no. But I could ask Dad. He'll be all right with that. And, uh, but, you know, my kids have figured that out. I said, we'll see about something recently. And they ran off saying, Dad said, we'll see. That means yes. I, I am a bit of a pushover, I think. It's just, it's you know, I don't know. God, God's so wise the way He makes children so lovable. You know, and then, you know, when you think about how God sees you that way, you know, it's like He sees these rascally, I want to do this thing thing. He's like, man, they're so cute. This is adorable. But I really can't just let that go by. I need to fix this. I need to address this thing. Um, you know, it's it's funny sometimes the you know the things that kids do. Like he did that to me, and it's like, oh, that's so cute. But okay, this has to stop. You know, and then they look at you, all, sorry, and that's so cute. But I can't let it go by. I have to do something about it. So. You know, God does those things, and uh, how He He says that you ask amiss, or well, He says that you have not because you ask not. It's like so, just 
you know, if, if you want God to give you something to do or if there's something that you'd like to have, that's what he says is ask, you know, and, and he may tell you no. He may tell you yes. He may tell you later. Uh, he may not seem to be listening and you have to just keep asking until he gives you an answer. He says you ask not, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it on your lusts. So, like, well, I, I did ask and I'm not getting it. And it's like, well, then what's your motive? You know, is this, you know, is this, is your motive pure and peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without hypocrisy and partiality? Because the Bible says that no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So, uh, you know, God, he, you know, it's funny because he knows what we need. He knows what you need better than you do. And, uh, so, you know, there have been times that I really thought I needed something. And I thought, surely he will not say me nay. And he said me nay. You know, and I thought, dang it. Okay, well, I guess I must not need that like I thought I did. You know, but, you know, man, I mean, God, just, he knows how to give you what you do need. And, and he knows how to bless, you know, more than you would have thought that he would, that he could do. You know, I was talking with some folks uh, earlier this week about you know, some of the things that God did in my life just over the last five, ten years, and and got me from where I was to where I where I'm at, and and uh, I just I realized I had been monologuing for like an hour. <laughs> it's like, all right, about that. It's like, let's talk about me, you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and great subject. You know, but um, but you know, it's funny because then it you know as it turned out uh, the the very things that they had been thinking about and, and wanting answers on uh, this testimony that I had spent all this time telling them for no apparent reason was exactly what they needed. So so God's really wise about how He does those things. But um, you know, being having this sense of submission to the will of God. Like we've been talking about, the surrender to His will and not um, clawing and fighting and, and for every last little thing, you know, because uh, because when you just lay all that stuff over on God and you seek Him first, then He knows how to bless you more than you would think, and He knows how to uh, take from you those desires that would be harmful to you or that He knows would be unprofitable. And he knows how to just get stuff out that's just plain old bad, problematic. So he says, you adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be the friend of the world is the enemy of God. So so that's an interesting uh, litmus test then for those desires that we have. Like what, what kind of, what does this look like? You know, does this seem like this would be friendship with the world? Because it, and it's funny because the these desires that that pull at us so often they don't look bad, they don't look nasty. It's always you know covered in glitter and and all shiny and 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 this looks nice. And uh, um, 
and certainly there's a there's a pleasure in things for a while, you know, and that's that's what he said that Moses uh, he he chose to suffer affliction with the children of God rather than to uh, enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season because certainly there is that, but but it leaves you empty and it leaves you wanting something that you can never quite fill up and. Uh, <clears throat> So he says, uh, do you think the scripture says in vain that the spirit in us or that dwells in us lusts to envy? He gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. I like that. God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Now, the Bible says that uh, um, that he knows the proud far off. You know, and it, and isn't it, you know, if you feel like somebody should give you preferential treatment, isn't it kind of a sting if they just sort of pretend you're not there? You know, you're kind of, well, hey, what about me? It's like, I, I just, I just, did no one see that I came in the room? You know, it's like you get your little baby powder and walk through the cloud into the room <laughs> you know, with your theme music playing, you know, you know, throw a smoke bomb in the door, walk through the smoke, you know. And then nobody saw me. Ah. No, nobody was paying any attention and it was me. But, uh, you know, but it takes this sense of humility to, to really receive something from God. Because when, when you give somebody a gift and they treat it like, well, this is my due. This is, of course, what is owed to me. Uh, then uh, it's not the same as, Wow. Thank you so much. Like I really appreciate this, you know. And uh, you know, it's funny because there for a while, my my children began to expect that anytime we went anywhere, then they had better come home with something made of plastic. <laughs> and uh, thought, okay, all right. So I, for a while, I bribed them into good behavior with it, and then started weaning them away from this reward. So they would ask me, it's like, so what's my reward for this? I was like, you don't get a spanking? <laughs> it's like, what? it's like well, what's, what's my reward for doing this? You don't die. <laughs> so I need to be careful, though, because my, my children tell people the strangest things. And it's like, it, <laughs> and if you didn't know me, it's like, you'd be calling SRS. But <laughs> <sighs> I, I just wanted one of I wanted Zoe to understand that her behavior is unacceptable. It's like if you do this again, you will be getting an end of the world spanking. So then she goes and tells somebody, "It's like I got an end of the world spanking." <laughs> yeah, well, indeed you did, but um, just be careful about that, you know. But but at the same time, it's like, well, hey, you know. Come, come check me out. I'm not doing anything illegal. My kid spanked her butt. But uh, it says that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So, um, and that's actually how I ended up over here because I was thinking about that sense of humility of, wow, like, you know, I have somehow gained this reputation over the years of being like the the working guy or whatever, and now I can't. It's like, and it definitely 
gives you the sense of humility of, okay, I'm standing there watching Mike and Jeremy work the other day, looking for something that I could do with one hand. And uh, it was like, wow, this is really hard. Just, you know, and uh, and of course, right then it started aching really bad. So I'm just kind of walking around like, okay, so maybe I should just go home, you know, but uh, I, I had things that I had to do before I went home. And I'm like, okay, so that's how I ended up over here, but the sense of I've been giving grace to the humble, you know, because humility, then, if God is talking to you about something that He wants to change, which He's been doing that a lot around here lately, and, and, and if you have not caught on to that, let me spell it out for you. God is talking about things that He wants changed. And uh, um, because, you know, last week He talked about that sense of being a heretic of, well, I just pick and choose what I want, and that's this is what I'm going to do, and too bad if you don't like it. But, but God's saying, well, too bad indeed, but if you're going to be in my kingdom, you're going to surrender to the things that I'm telling you. And, uh, and it is that serious, and it is that black and white. And, and he says, you know, that he gives grace to the humble, because when you when you humble down before God and say, you know what, you're right. That's not an easy thing. It's, you know, when you, you feel like, you know, I'm right. Especially if something makes you angry. There's something about anger that makes you feel like, by God, I am right. I am justified in this thing that I'm feeling. You know, and, and maybe you are. You know, maybe somebody did something odious to you on purpose and makes you angry. Sure, it would, as it should, I suppose. But what you do with that is, is the key thing. Because he said, be angry and sin not. Jesus said, turn the other cheek. And you think about, you know, it's like, well, I can't believe that he, he didn't like my shoes. And, you know, Jesus says, the, his crown of thorns and, and, and everything else that you can you could think of. And so, uh, the sense of, of humility then, of... of because you don't want God to know you afar off. You want Him. You want Him to deal with you and give you grace. And and that takes humility. Um, there was a, a lady that Mike and I were dealing with at work, at the paint store, and 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 she knows what the answer is. But you have to come to the tent, and you, you have to get down and and lift up the curtain to come in underneath the tent. And everybody comes in that way, and so it requires that decision of of well I would humble myself down and get what God has for me and 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 come and and deal with him um, you know it, it's easy to come into a place of self-preservation and self-protection and that's a great deal of what pride is because typically people who really deal with a lot of pride are actually really insecure and and really unhappy about the things that are in their life and um and it's not an easy thing to bring that stuff out. You know, I talked about that a week or two ago. Also, I had stuff in my life that I just, I hated me. And it was not an easy thing to just talk about it in front of everybody um, and, and, you know, and ask for prayer for it and stuff. And, and the things that, I mean, I mean, you couldn't have been here and not seen that I had a problem. And, and then to 
to just come out and you know swallow your pride and just admit, hey, I have this thing. You know, and you don't have to do it in front of the church, hopefully. Um, but to you know to deal with God honestly and say, you know what, I have this thing and I I need it fixed and I need it gone and I don't even really particularly want to give you this thing, maybe. But I want you to, to bring me around to letting go of it. You ever hand somebody something and they take it and then you just kind of, you don't really let go? And there's that awkward tug of war when you hand somebody $20 and they don't. It's like, are you going to give me that or not? But, so, you know, so God's not going to take your $20. But, um, but he can he can definitely get you to that place where you would let go of it when you tried to hand it to him, and uh, and letting go of things is not always that easy, and it requires humility because you know we've been conditioned to be these shiny plastic people at church that that uh, we look like we've got everything together and everything is great, and I'm certainly nothing, I've got no problems, and. Uh, uh, and yet, everybody around you is thinking, "Wow, if, only, if you know, if they really saw what I what I had inside, you know, would they still look at me the same way? Would they even sit by me and uh, would they listen to anything that I had to say?" And yet, uh, they're thinking the same thing. And so that sense of humility of just uh, dealing with God honestly, because it it, it does take. Humility. You know, when you deal with somebody that you're not particularly close to, you're probably not going to be that uh, that open and just throw everything out like that. Um, but you don't want to be that far away from God, where He would have to deal with you at a distance because you're too proud to to bring your stuff to Him. So, you know, so that's that's certainly not what we want. We want to have that sense of uh, humility before God, where we can receive that grace that He has for us, and uh, and so you know, cleaning house is is a great thing, and there's nothing quite like a clean house. You know, my windows face uh, um, east in my window in my kitchen, and I have these big double doors, of glass, and everything, and. Uh, when the sun shines in in the morning, I mean, it actually raises the temperature noticeably in the kitchen. But, you know, early in the morning when the sun is still kind of low in the sky, it shines all the way through the house, clear into the front of the house. And I was looking at it this morning and all these little crumbs and cat hairs and people hairs and everything else on my floor. And I kind of wanted to get the broom, but I didn't have time. As you can see, I, I was so prompt today that you'd think I would have had time to sleep. But, uh, you know, seeing those things, though, brings the sense of, ooh, I need to actually clean this up. I had somebody that every time I would see, I would come to their house, they would be like, you know, excuse me, I'm sorry, the place is horrible, terrible mess, disaster of, you know, epic proportions. And I would just always tell them, no, I enjoy a little squalor from time to time. And, until I started showing up at their house, and they would say, "Come on in, the place is a wreck," and don't say it. 
So I didn't, except in my head, because I enjoyed it. But so, but no, I mean, in, in all seriousness, though, the the things that God is dealing with, um, I, I, you know, I, I've talked to people that they're well, I just I don't know. I think that that there's this thing, thing, you know, and it gets to be this cloudy, fuzzy thing. It's like, well, see, you have the Word of God. And so it's like a mirror. Look in the mirror. It's like, it's like oh, I, 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 you know, I, it's like I think I left some toothpaste on the corner of my mouth. It's like, well, look and find out. You know, if you're that, un- if you're not sure. Typically, when you've got something going on and God is trying to address it, you know. And every time he clears his throat before he says something, you think, oh, here we go again. But see, you can avoid the throat clearing and the awkward conversation by humility. By being, you know what, you're right. And and I need you to fix this thing in me. And so I'm going to give it to you and I want you to help me to let go of this thing. And so God knows how to do that. So... Uh, you know, we're in a place where you can't afford to let anything hinder you. You can't afford to have something weighing you down, slowing you down, you know, because you can't take mom's grand piano with you uh, if you're going to go on this long hike down the down the straight and narrow path. You're not going to put a piano on your back and go, you know, and you're probably going to have to leave a few other things by the way. You know, like the other day I was... Watched the movie with the kids. We were watching the, the unexpected journey, and Bilbo's like, "Oh man, I forgot my handkerchief. We have to go back." And so he just gives him something to work with, and Gandalf tells him, "You're going to have to deal without a lot of other things besides just your pocket handkerchief before you get where you're going." And and uh, you, and your flesh will do that to you as you as you toss things aside, as you leave this thing by the side of the road, and. Uh, and your flesh will be like, no, I need that. It's like, well, well, we'll see. We'll see how badly you need it. You get down the road a ways and you forgot all about it. You know, and when and when you, just, you give those things to the Lord, you can't give something to God that He won't give it back or give you something better. So if you're giving Him something icky, you know, He's not going to give that back to you. But if you're giving Him something icky, He'll give you something better. And And at the very least, that sense of peace... And well-being that comes from, I know that God is happy because I did the right thing. That that is all the reward you could expect or ask for. And and, and what I'm telling you is that there that He does He'll He'll one up you from there. But but God He He does that because there's there's nothing like dealing with somebody and you know or you you think that they're probably not happy about X Y and Z and you can just kind of uncomfortably pretend it's not there and not deal with it and and just kind of get on down the road. Or you can talk about it and say, hey, so let me ask you about this thing. And you, you get it talked about, you get it dealt with, and then you feel so much better. I mean, I think we've all had those conversations with people. It's like, hey, when you said that thing, it made me really mad. It really hurt my feelings. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I my bad, that's totally not what I was after. And you feel so much better. You know, I mean, that sense of anxiety of your heart is pounding and your palms are sweating and I'm getting ready to have an uncomfortable conversation with somebody. 
And, uh, you know, people aren't as scary as you might think, typically. You know, if you bring something to them that, that maybe they've hurt your feelings or something, I can tell you pretty much anybody here is going to be like, oh, my bad. You know, and, and they'll be genuine about it. Like, Man, I'm really sorry. I, that's not what I was going for. So, so yeah, humility. Letting God clean the house. And uh, um, that's what he does. Jesus, we just we thank you for your word to us. And God, what we pray is that you would examine us, not just today, but every day with your word. God, that we would look at those things uh, in the labor. God, that we would look at ourselves in the in the mirror of your word and and see those things uh, that that need dealt with God and that we would bring them to you in a sense of humility of uh, knowing that they need fixed God when you when you have something that you can't do and you have to have someone do it for you God it brings a sense of humility to us God and that's what we all have uh, in coming to you because we need you to get us to the end of the road. We need you to deal with our issues. We need you to uh, get us down the road. And so, God, I just pray that each and every one of us would come to you with that sense of humility uh, and understanding of uh, that you're on our team and, and that, you, uh, that you have, when you have things that you want to fix in our life, when there's some sort of issue, it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And, and uh, the discomfort of, of getting it dealt with uh, is far outweighed by the sense of, of peace and well-being that's on the other side. And so, God, we just pray that you would do these things in our life as only you can. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.